January 14, 2024. This morning's class is dedicated in loving memory of Rafael Ben Rachel, Ruth Bat Gilson, and Aryeh Ben Sarah. Uh, we're in Mesilat Yesharim, we're closing out on Perek Kafgimal. Perek Kafgimal, right before the Midah of Yerat Het, on the character trait of fear and awe of heaven, we're dealing with what might seem like uh, somewhat of a lowly and simple character trait, but it finds its way to the very top of these rungs of achievements of people who are seeking perfection in their character traits. It's that of Anava. And we've been talking about it for several weeks already, anava, humility. But most specifically, with regards to Misilat Yesharim's presentation, he, of course, has been quoting from Ma'amare Hachamim. And over here, in this Perek, in Perek Hafkima, has been describing to us, Darke Kenyata Anava. How does a person achieve anava? He'll close out the Perek by describing to us the Mafsidim, as he's done throughout in each of the character traits, what could detract from that. Harambam, as we mentioned, more than once has in Hilchot De'ot, he sets forth, based on Aristotle's doctrine of the mean, Harambam as well, following that sort of vision, every character trait that we look to perfect in ourselves should be perfectly calibrated. We should find ourselves in the middle, not too giving and not too stingy, and so on and so forth with regards to anything and everything we might feel or exert in terms of our actions or feelings, except for two notable midot, or what Harambam calls de'ot, and one of them being anava. Harambam says anava, and he, he breaks, it breaks ways from Aristotle on this. When it comes to humility, as well as anger, Harambam says those two character traits, you need to be an extremist with regards to them. There's no sometimes being humble and other times being haughty. There's no sometimes being angry and other times being um, cool-tempered. It's always, at all times, me'od, me'od, he cites from the Mishnah in Perkei Avot, shefal ruach. Don't just be a shafal, a person who's lowly in terms of their spirit. Be me'od, me'od, very much so. He appeals to, of course, the pasuk that describes Moshe Rabbeinu at the end of Parashat Beha'alotecha. His greatness as a prophet was that he was anav me'od. He was very humble, more than any other person. Words with which Mesilat Yesharim echoed and will echo, but again, the significance of anava we oftentimes diminish. We assume it's about being a good person, it's about being giving and so on and so forth. To begin and to really arrive at anava is no small feat, and it's a very essential one with regards to all success in spiritual, but even physical uh, wherewithal and uh, success. It says Misilat uh, Sharim here, he's in the midst of dealing with a way a person can contemplate through Hitbonenut, he described, through looking into matters in life, in our own lives, in the world, in order to achieve and distill within ourselves, or instill within ourselves, a certain appropriate anava. So we're up to the second one. Hasheni, hu inyan hiluf toledot hazeman. A, a very effective way of becoming humble is by looking into the way that time passes, and the way things change over the course of time. Because if I realize, uh, even for a, a quick moment, that life is fleeting, that success and status is changing very quickly, I in turn will be able to diminish my haughty nature. I'll realize that a lowly nature, a humility is, is in place. Ki he'ashir ani, a person who's wealthy can quickly 
Binyom become impoverished. Le'eved, a person who's the king, a person who's the master, can become the slave, the servant. Ve'hamichubad, and the person who's dignified and respected, Le'nikle, can become the bottom rung of society. Once I contemplate, once I let these thoughts enter my enter my mind, my heart, if you can so quickly lose that status, if you can so swiftly diminish, become diminished in who you are and who you and what you achieved, how can you let any success which you have in this moment? Go to your head. Continues Mesilat Yisharim says, and look into uh, illness and uh, physical detriments and ailments which can afflict you, which can bring you down. And uh, in those situations, again, out of your control, generally speaking, you'll have to turn to others for assistance. You'll have to turn to others to help you. You'll have to diminish your state, your status, in order to uh, beg for others to help. You'll be forced to turn to others whom you didn't even look to. You certainly didn't say hello to in the past and be begging them for help and assistance. Says Ramchal, these are matters which you can look to and appreciate in an everyday existence and life in this world. Just take heed to the fact that those who have risen have also descended just as quickly and in turn instill within yourself a true feeling, a proper understanding of why could I, why should I imagine that this success is deservant by me, that I'll truly achieve this and be standing here in the long run. Just by looking into this and realizing it, um, it's easy in turn for a person to um, remove from themselves ga'ava, ga'ava of course meaning haughtiness, the opposite of the anava, the humility we've been discussing, and to become enclosed with anava and shiflut, with humility and lowliness. Uh, is the lashon, is the wording of the Mishnah at the beginning of the sixth chapter of Masechet Avot. Over there they're talking about the ways of achieving, of acquiring Torah. It says over there, umilabashto anava. You'll become enclosed in anava. It's almost as if anava, humility, is not merely a character trait which I act upon, which I think about, but it enclothes me. It becomes who I am. You see me and you appreciate me, not just merely by the way I act and speak. Those are somewhat artificial. The levush, although being on the outside of me, the levush is something which is inseparable from me. It's the way that I portray myself to others at all times. Anava can and should become a defining feature. When we wear clothing, we define who we are. Anava can and should define us as beings as well. Does he never see a little value in being, I don't want to say haughty, but not the least, least, least amount of humility? Like, for example, a lot of times when someone donates something anonymously, it doesn't inspire other people as much as maybe if they put their name to it. So isn't there, shouldn't there be some level of... So, 
Mesilat Yesharim doesn't per se address that point, the quote Shelolishma angle or the effectiveness of having some of it. Harambam very much defies that. He will not have such a reality. Um, what uh, can and should be noted, though, is that, um, is that uh, the Torah, written by, by the word of God, but by Moshe, has the words in it that Moshe was anav me'od. Uh, to write those words about yourself sounds like it should be a haughty gesture. Uh, how could you write that you're very humble? I've, I've mentioned this on more than one occasion when I heard people say, you know, I'm marked by my humility. Sounds perfect in that manner. Yeah. Yeah, but I, again, but it, it, the, the mention, I think, and it's, it's written by the Biakiva Eger in one place, generally speaking, it's quoted, uh, is that to understand and to appreciate who you are is significant. Self-confidence and standing and in self-inspiration is necessary as well. Uh, to let it go to, what's that? Yeah, yeah, remind me, say the line again. Yeah, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Right. Charles has said this more than once. I should have it. Uh, I told him to say it on recording, so it's good. Uh, every week he says it to me that we've been learning it. It's not think. It's not. It's thinking less of yourself. Not thinking. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less about yourself. In other words, thinking of yourself less. In other words, I I understand who I am, and my strength and my greatness is and is is understood by me. But I, as a result of that, don't let it go to my head, so to speak. In other words, it doesn't become a defining feature. I've more than once, and very much appreciate this, I remember sitting with someone during the summer as they were discussing a donation, and they said, just understand, Rabbi, I'm not doing this for myself, I'm doing this to inspire my children and my grandchildren. And I believe them when they say that, and I think that's very appropriate. If a person puts their name on something just for their honor and glory so others speak about them, that's very much what we're speaking against. If it's for the right, uh, if it's for the right purposes, uh, I, I believe there's very much a place for it. You know, Rabbi David Eliyahu Halav Hashalom used to talk about he had a mashal in which there were people who were competing to see who's the tallest, and in order to prove that I'm the tallest, so he says there's one of two ways I can do it. I can either build the mound below me. I, I want to cheat, so I'm going to build the mound, or I could dig underneath you. Uh, so in other words, when I build the mound below me, I'm looking to raise myself up. If anava is purpose to bring me up and I need to step out of that in a specific circumstance, but I know it's to bring myself and others up appropriate. If it's to diminish others, it's because I'm making the other person appear as if he's uh, shorter or I envision him that way. That's very much the negative side of it. When a person looks into and realizes their responsibility to God and how much we... Uh, fail at that, you'll immediately be filled with a certain embarrassment, a certain shame. You won't have that geut any longer, that, uh, that haughtiness. You'll be embarrassed to the extent that your heart, your mind, won't be, uh, won't be elevated. I've said it more than once as well. Harambam at the onset of Hilchot Teshubah mentions a very terse, a very brief wording for the vidui of Teshubah. What's the verbal confession of Teshubah? In Kippur, we have quite a long one, many times that we repeat. But what's the brief, to the point, I sinned, and so I'm supposed to mention, I sinned, and I'm not going to do it again, and I feel bad about it. But Harambam says as well the words, 
And interesting and very tellingly, and I have a certain embarrassment about this action. Uh, what's the description of embarrassment over there? Why am I embarrassed? Why is that necessary to be mentioned? It's necessary to be mentioned because embarrassment can be healthy when I feel the presence of another. When I realize that I'm in the presence of God and my actions are, so to speak, diminished as a result, I feel a little bit smaller. It's for that reason the Gemara and Berachot says that a person who sins and is embarrassed about it, he has forgiveness for all his sins. Because the course, the, the, the core rather, the source of sin, generally speaking, is because I think about myself as opposed to my presence in a life in relationship with God. As a result, that's the words over here. He says, the person will vadayevosh, vadayevosh, you'll have embarrassment when you realize your responsibility, who you're standing in the presence. <laughs> Pasuk describes how there's a teshubah in this moment, aharehi vadei, when I thought about it, when I became knowledgeable about it, safakti al yarech, boshti nichlamti, I became embarrassed. When we realize responsibility in anything, think about it in your own life, I'm not doing well, I, I mean, I, I read this not too long ago, but people make a mistake when they're hazan. Okay, you make a mistake, you made a word. But notice, when people make a mistake and they realize that they turn red, you turned red because you made a mistake, because hazan, nobody's really paying that much attention. Embarrassment is when I realize others are looking at me and we feel it. The description of here, and we feel smaller, we feel diminished. The description over here is the same in this paragraph. That's his description. You're looking for anava. So first and foremost, what we discussed is, well, look how uh, what you've achieved can and will be fleeting, just like anything else. So don't imagine you've solidified some sort of higher status. Secondly, understand what you have responsibility to, for, to and for ve'al hakol. And moreover, yitbonen tamid lahakir chavshat ha'sechel ha'enoshi ve'rov te'iyotav chazavav. And so, mesilat yisharim who has forcefully stated throughout that ga'ava, that haughtiness, is truly residing in the mind, and we always believe that we're smarter than the other, which is generally the source and the core of our, of our haughtiness and our lack of humility. He says, realize that people make more mistakes than things they get right with their mind. It's much easier to make mistakes than to get things right. Uh, you know, go no further than what... Uh, world uh, human beings believe was the smartest person of tw the 20th century, Albert Einstein, how many times did he say, and I've read more than once in his name and from his writing, that he made thousands upon thousands of mistakes before um, arriving at conclusions, that if you looked at his writings uh, that map out his mindset and his thoughts prior to discoveries, they'll look like childish nonsense. Mistakes are so much more apparent and so much more prevalent than getting things right. And haughtiness is appropriate in that context. As a result, turn to others for advice. It's an act of humility. It sometimes diminishes your spirit. But realize you're not going to have it all right. It's that statement in Pirkei Avot. Who's a wise person? It's an individual who can learn from everyone. Just two weeks ago in the parasha, based on the Midrash, the Gemara Masechet, 
Sota and Daf Yodbet describes how Amran, who the rabbis describe as Gadol Hador, realized his wrongdoing, his mistake in separating from his wife Yocheved from his daughter Miriam. Halomed Mikol Adam, if the Gemara is describing him as Gadol Hador, but he nonetheless learned from a little girl, and so too, Pasuk says in Mishleh, who's a hacham? A person who listens to a person who has good advisors and knows how to listen to them. Ach, however, once we talked about how to seek and search for anava, how to think in our minds to get to a point of humility, we have to now take a step back and realize how do we lose that sort of mindset. How does a person lose track of anava? It's through engagement, involvement in ta'avot, the pleasures, the desires of this world. He can describe reality. We can each dig into our own lives and realize the more comfortable we get, generally speaking, unless we're careful, unless we build guidelines and borders appropriately for ourselves, it's the more we lose humility. It's what Moshe predicts and reminds us in Sefer Quite literally, you'll eat physically, you'll become satiated, and your hearts, your minds will become elevated, and you'll forget God. Doesn't mean you'll entirely forget Him. Not entirely forget Him, but it means your perspective, your mission statement, your vision for what you want to do will be lost. It's for that reason that the pious people in the past have brought forth certain pietistic abstaining from pleasures. What they did was they decided we're not going to indulge in the pleasures of this world. Just this past week on Wednesday night we were learning Moreen Vuchim. We read from the words of Rabbeinu Avraham ben Harambam. And we noted the irony for those who aren't well acquainted with his method and his approach. People generally assume Harambam was all about involvement in this world. He was all about living in this world but have some sort of rationalistic philosophical approach to the Torah. His son following his father's words at the end of Moreh Nebuchim, brought forth a movement which lasted more than 200 years in Egypt, which was a pietistic movement, a movement of Hasidim. They abstained from pleasures. They would exile themselves. Now, not every person can or should be living a life of that sort consistently, writes even Rabbeinu Avraham, but there's appropriate moments for it. He, in fact, traces all the moments of the great people in the Torah and attributes them to their ability to remove themselves a bit. Down to, amazingly, Abraham Avinu. He says Abraham Avinu was very much engaged in this world, but think about his critical moment at Akedat Yitzhak. He turns to uh, his, uh, the donkey and the people with the donkey and says, you guys stay here. We're, we're going to go up and we'll return, says Rabbi Avram. He seemed to have done that in the past. He knows how to speak that way. The Torah designates that and mentions that in those words. Yitzhak, Yitzhak the rabbis imagine it, as does he, as a contemplative moment. Yaakov, on more than one occasion, amazingly, Rabbi Avram says his 14 years, which he wants even more, working for Lavan, is because he has the liberty to think, to be separate from regular involvement with civil, civilization and communities, and so forth with Moshe Rabbeinu as a shepherd and Am Yisrael for 40 years in the desert. Again, the description being not a lifestyle per se of abstaining from involvement, but realizing that it's necessary to sometimes hold back. Holding back gives a certain humility, gives a certain piety. It will diminish, it will put down 
our haughty side. When I'm not indulging, when I say no to my drive, I in turn am able to distill, to put down that haughtiness, which is a natural inclination, especially when we're, uh, in, when we're indulging. I was say, a good word that really describes it, even though we don't think about it as complacent, so I looked it up, the complacent person is very pleased with themselves and feel that they do not need to do anything about a situation, even though they're situated in have uncertain dangers, which really comes from being satisfied. Can we nice. think about it that So way? in other words, what you're saying is the word visavata, let's translate it as not just satiated, but become complacent. I become complacent to the extent that I'm just uh, so, uh, so set in my way, put myself and my life into motion to the extent that I have no, I have no nerve, nervousness or, or any care about what might come my way. Uh, well said. And in fact, uh, the, the Hachamim uh, attribute this uh, to, uh, well, give Mishalim for this. Listen to the statement of the rabbis, two places in Gemara. The lion only roars when it has in front of it meat less so when it has just grain. In other words, the meat, when it feels satiated, when it feels like it's in charge, when it becomes complacent, well, that's when the roar is truly strengthened. Above and beyond what we mentioned, what's going to diminish, take away my mindset of humility. So we mentioned it's my indulgence, my involvement in the pleasures. It's when you just don't know. It's just when you uh, just live life as a uh, as a as a person who has full ignorance. You'll find the more um, uh, diminished in mind a person is, the more haughty they are. Uh, people who don't have wisdom are people who, generally speaking, are more full of themselves. The rabbis, in fact, say if you're looking for a sign of who's going to be haughty, it's those who don't have Torah. And so to Zohar says, A person who doesn't know anything, you want to know who that person is? It's probably the person who's talking a lot about themselves. Again, it's a way of overcoming myself, my feelings of of not having a proper worth. I speak myself up. I, I, I prop myself up. I uh, pre- pretend when I don't have. Which my seventh grade teacher taught to us. She actually gave it to us as a challenge. She wrote those words on the board and told us to go home and tell us what they meant. There was no Google, so none of us were able to get it at the time. But I know it for life because she taught it. We got extra credit if we got it. None of us got it. Isterabelagina means if you put a, a coin into, a, um, into an empty jar, kish kish karya, it will make a loud noise. The contrast between putting a, a coin into a jar filled with other coins, it won't make much noise at all. The idea being the empty jar, the person who has, she was teaching us Musara as well, my Hebrew teacher, right? The, the person who has little knowledge, who has little to him, is the person who speaks the most. The siagla hochmashtika is not only that I uh, hold on to my wisdom through being silent, it's that I show that I'm wise through that silence. Uh, so the louder the, the coin also, is, is the less there is in the jar. Yeah. I'm just thinking that the, it sounds like you're saying when it comes to, let's say, arrogance, there's the aspect of 
a low self-esteem which will bring a person to have that's the description here to yes correct a hundred percent and on the flip side you have also so that was the last paragraph that was the last paragraph and that side it's it's i'm great look what i'm doing but he really believes that and that's why he's arrogant Right. Um, in other words, it, a person. In other words, I'm painting this as Charles as only to get over self-esteem, as opposed to maybe you just deluded yourself. You right. believe that you are so great. Yeah, understood. Agreed. Right. I'll go a step further. A hundred percent. I mean, we, unfortunately, we know too much of that. I'll go a step further. I'll tell you that in terms of mind, uh, maybe not a step further, step to the side. Um, I learned my lesson on saying that as well. Yes, I correct, not corrected. I added on to something my father once said. I said, I want to sharpen it further. My father said, I think I was plenty sharp already. So, okay. I'm going to say something else. Um, the, 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 Gemara, no, the Gemara in several places describes how if you want to preserve knowledge, in other words, we're describing a person who doesn't have knowledge, a person who... If you want to have knowledge, so have humility. I wrote it for myself here. The Gemara in Pesachim and says that Kol a person who's haughty, im If you're wise, you lose that wisdom. If you're a navi, you lose that nevuah. The Gemara in Taanit and Davzayin says Divrei Torah en mitkayimim You'll only have Divrei Torah if you have a lowly mindset. In other words. A person who raises themselves in terms of their mind, think now, and as a result, nothing more for me to learn. As a result, all the mistakes will be coming my way. As a result, why open a book to learn more? Uh, let me be static and, and stay with my status quo. Uh, there's a lot of dangers inherent, but yeah, I think the angles it comes from are, are specific. As Od Amru, the Midrash has, of course, it's a mashal, there was no questions to actual trees, but Ilane Serak means barren trees. The question to the barren trees was, Why is it that we hear you the most? And I imagine the description over here in the Midrash is that if you look at an apple tree or an orange tree or whatever, it's hard harder for that, the branches and leaves to make noise because they're more clustered together because there's more on them. So the question was to the barren trees, how come you sound so loud? And what was the response? The reason is because our voices should be heard. We should be remembered and people should pay attention to us. It was the same point, but this is on, the, on that angle, Charles, of the low self-esteem. I don't have much. As a result, I build myself up. Again, that's the pasuk that the Torah tells us in the context of correcting Miriam and Aharon. You want to know who Moshe is? And again, it's just a very telling and often overlooked statement. The greatness of Moshe is portrayed to us by God in the Torah through his humility. I mean, because humility is the A is the top of these rungs right before Yirat Hashem. Uh, but furthermore, it describes a person who has appropriate knowledge, who hasn't indulged in this world, who has overcome the regular, this worldly involvement that people have. One more paragraph, it says, and furthermore, that which can and will take away from humility, Okay, 
עד התכלית, ובהוסיף עליו מה שאין בו כלל, another great diminishment and deterrent from ענווה is having the wrong friends, advisors, helpers. People who will speak only highly of you will take you down. Mesilat Yesharim will go on to describe a king known as Yoash, but many others who have fallen because they didn't have people who could speak to them honestly. They weren't capable of hearing the Musar that could and would be given by others. To not have advisors and people in your life who can say it to you as it is, is to bring yourself down the rabbit hole of Ga'ava. In short, uh, almost done with Darke Keniyata Anava, Misilat Yesharim has further reinforced and highlighted for us the absolute necessity, importance, and significance of humility. Humility is the bedrock of a successful life in Ruhaniyut and spirituality, and even in an achievement of knowledge, and certainly in a relationship with the Kadosh Baruch Hu, Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen.